Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 87 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Kelsey Meck, a therapist working online and in person in Canada. Kelsey's business has grown and matured exceptionally quickly and she now finds herself a little bit burnt out and needing to make things more sustainable as well as wanting to get a bit more of the joy and excitement back. A feeling that I know really well. (laughs) So in this episode, we talk about pivoting a business model and balancing the different audiences you want to talk to when you've got two very different types of customer, as well as the importance of getting a bird's eye view and how to start feeling excited by it all again. So let's dig in. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for being here early in the Canadian morning. (laughs) Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad we could make it work with the time zones. I'm just so awful with time zones. I'm like, everybody just work to British times because every time I've ever tried to work it out for myself, I get it so wrong. (laughs) So I'm glad to be here with my morning coffee. (laughs) So for anybody who doesn't know you or... They might have seen one of your Instagram posts, perhaps, without knowing that it's you. Can you introduce a little bit the story of your business and your journey so far? Sure. So I'm a therapist. Um, I specialize in trauma And I've also started dabbling in business mentoring for other therapists recently um, and offering online courses to make mental health resources more accessible. But the story of how I got here, I finished my master's in counseling in uh, 2018. And I actually started working in really trauma-centered settings. So I worked at a men's trauma center and I worked as a counselor at a residential facility for men coming out of incarceration as as a trauma therapist there. But I realized, you know, even though I loved the work, the structure of a really rigid sort of nine to five system wasn't an environment in which I could really thrive. And I craved a lot more flexibility and freedom. And I kind of always have had an entrepreneurial spirit and have wanted to explore that. So I decided to just make a bold move and and basically quit with not a huge plan B in place and start a private practice doing doing counseling full-time. And so over the first kind of year, I did build up to a full-time practice. And while I love seeing clients one-on-one. I really enjoy that work. Um, I've been craving sort of shifting more into the online sphere. And so I've built up a fairly substantial Instagram following over the past couple of years, offering mental health tools and techniques and resources, and just sharing my own sort of authentic story about, you know, my journey of healing and my struggles with mental health and um, have started offering online courses on anxiety and connecting with your inner child and sort of am in the midst of trying to make a pivot more in that direction. So just to clarify a little bit in my head, so were you still doing the more structured nine to five work and building the business up kind of simultaneously or was it more of a 
a line in the sand, you finished one and then just started the other? It was a bit of both. Um, I had a couple jobs I was juggling at the time. And so with a more substantial one, it was a line in the sand. I just quit and was like, I don't, I don't have a plan, but I need <laughs> to do something differently. But I did have the sort of financial support of having a couple small um, contract gigs at the time that were like really insubstantial, but enough to have a little bit of a security blanket to smooth me over for a few months while I built up my own business. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I imagine that with that kind of work and especially with the really sort of trauma heavy stuff that to to have it as your your main gig if you like and then you're side hustling a business on the side like that's a lot of like energy and absorbing of people's problems <laughs> yeah yeah and I think that's one of the reasons I want to diversify too is you know it does take an emotional toll to do the one-on-one sessions and some therapists I know love that and can do you know 20 sessions a week and that's just not how my mind body brain operates right I just need a little more space to be able to show up for the work fully and so in recognizing that you know that was one of the main reasons I made mm-hmm. a shift but but I did definitely have like a little bit of sort of overlap there. Mm-hmm. And that and that makes a lot of sense. And I think that it's very similar to my own story. And I know that you're in the trail and things, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, that in a lot of ways, some of the things that, that you're going through and experiencing, I feel is sort of me a year ago mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. in terms of feeling like, oh, I've got all these clients who need things from me. And then just that that feels a little bit out of alignment. And I know it's really tricky to kind of say it in a way that doesn't sound bad or doesn't sound bad to you because it's not about the work and it's not about the people. It's just about how it lines up for you to thrive as an individual. Absolutely. And it's actually been so helpful for me to watch your journey and sort of witness how you've been messaging that particular shift and the way you've talked about it around being less around the actual work of, you know, working one-on-one with clients and that not being an issue, but more around the sort of anxiety of having to perform in a specific way at a specific time of an appointment. Mm. And just sometimes recognizing that, you know, I want to bring my best for my clients, but if I'm filling my whole week with clients, I, I, I know I can't do that because mm-hmm. I can't be on at that level operating at a hundred percent in a really supportive, empathic, productive, creative way that many hours a week. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, hearing you kind of go through that journey and, and how you were framing that for yourself actually gave me a lot of permission, I think, to explore that with a bit of a, a reframe that was really helpful. Yeah, good. And because I think it's, you saw, I don't know, I'm putting words into your mouth, but for me, it was very much like, well, this is, this is, the dream version, you know, <laughs> like this, you're not supposed to kind of want to escape the thing that you act, you yourself built. Um, yeah, and that it's, yeah. Yeah. So it, you then have all that kind of difficulty of just kind of like easing yourself out of that. And particularly because you have been spending time building an audience that wants that work from you. And then you have to sort of go, actually, no, <laughs> you can't have it, which take is yeah, it feels really, really tricky to navigate. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly does. And I, you know, I am so grateful to be where I am now because this is, you know, if I was thinking even two years ago, I'm, I'm, I've, I've built the dream, you know, that I had then. And so it is a bit strange to sort of reconcile 
that with the fact that that can shift and change over time and that's okay. And I can want something different now. And that doesn't mean I failed or done anything wrong. It's just sort of a evolution. Mm. Well, and also it's the only way you can know, right? Like if something's a dream, well, until you're actually doing it, you don't know whether you like it or not. Um, yeah. So you have to try it to to see, but then yeah, you have to yeah have that live in it and then think, right, okay, I need to elevate this again or evolve it again into something that works even better for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for you, that is feeling like one to many in terms of the, the courses, which are for what you would, would traditionally be your clients. And then also the business mentoring for other counselors and therapists, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I'll always keep a small handful of therapy clients just because it's really helpful for my own sort of development um, and making sure my skills are still top of game. And I do love that work. But primarily, I want to shift in the direction of, like you said, one to many in both offering sort of online courses. I also have some ideas and dreams for a membership community that I would hope to launch sometime in the new year, 2021. And then in in terms of the one-to-one clients, I'd like to move toward focusing more on business mentoring for other therapists um, because I've just learned and grown so much over the past couple of years. And there are so many amazing business mentors and coaches out there. But one thing I've noticed is as a therapist, because the regulations, the rules, the way we have to approach what we share in a online mm-hmm. capacity is due to ethical standards and whatnot is a little bit unique. A lot of people have gravitated toward working with me because I am a therapist and can really understand the nuances of that. And so I, yeah, I think I have a lot of interest around specifically working, not just as a business mentor in general, but really specifically with folks who are in this line of work. Yeah, sure. And yeah, because I did a big mm at them because it, it's not something that it had never occurred to me, but it's not sort of front of mind for me as somebody who talks about business. Like, oh, not everybody can talk about everything that they do. And yeah, yeah to, for you to be so immersed in that and for it to be a, a second nature and a second language for you and also to have still managed to promote a business within the realms of what you are ethically allowed to do and say that's a like a really valuable proof of what you can do like you're living it you're doing it so that makes a lot of sense yeah and I think that's been sort of one of the places I'd love to hear from you about too and chat a bit about is um finding the balance between um all of my current marketing and the way I talk is very much targeted at sort of therapy clients, right? People who Mm -hmm. are working on their mental health or wanting to feel more emotionally well, or just connect more with their selves. And I do still want to offer, you know, both a little bit of one-on-one work to those folks, but most of my online courses and this membership community I have in mind will be targeted toward that audience. So this business mentoring branch feels a little bit disconnected because I'm not actually doing any explicit marketing or content around how to run a business. It's it's more just like, if you like how I run my business as a therapist, maybe you'll be interested in working with me to mentor you in your business, but I'm not sure if that's direct enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. And so do you feel that in, if you are picturing like your ideal client on the therapy side that that's really clear versus your ideal client on the business side? I mean, I think my ideal client in my head is clear for both. 
you know, in many ways, it's kind of the two sides of me are my ideal client, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the part of me that's struggled with mental health and that has grown and that is working to really connect with and understand my authentic self. And then also the side of me that's um, running my own business and has been developing that over the couple of years and the struggles and whatnot that um, come with that. And so, you know, I have a pretty good picture of who each of those ideals are, but I'm really only intentionally talking to one of them mm-hmm. and then kind of just offhandedly mentioning like, if you're a therapist <laughs> and you follow me and want support, yeah. I do that too a little bit on the side. So that's, yeah, the kind of the difficulty there, I guess. Mm-hmm. And do they feel like, if you're thinking about, well, the, they are the two sides of you, do they feel that they have to be spoken to separately? Does it feel like one can't know about the other almost or that it feels like there is some common ground there you've just got to find it yeah there certainly is common ground and it's not that one can't know about the other I mean I'm pretty transparent it says you know on my website right now like trauma therapist and business mentor so I'm not trying to you know hide one from the other um so it's just that about I, I don't know the numbers exactly but based on like some very light polling I've done on my Instagram stories at least 90% of my clients are are just, you know, people. They're there because they're mm-hmm. h- humans and they're <laughs> yeah. not specifically interested in becoming or are not currently a therapist. So only I would say 5 or 10% of the people who follow me are actually run businesses of their own, either coaches or therapists kind of in line with this work. And so I don't want to skew my material or the types of information I'm offering too far to the business side because that's not mm-hmm. really the majority of who's interested in following me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just trying to figure out the balance of how to integrate that into what I talk about without making it too predominant that it drives the majority of my audience away or doesn't resonate with them. We're talking about Instagram here, aren't we? I guess so, because most of my marketing world yeah. revolves around that right now. I, I did just start a podcast and that's kind of very you know slowly building up an audience and I have an email letter, but those are sort of my main the main marketing streams I have right now. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, this is what I'm thinking is that this is perhaps a a channel question rather than it being mm-hmm. a communication question. Because I think that the, the two customers are really going to be needing different things from you, but in different places. So the Instagram can remain as very much for for the clients and what that does is what it's kind of already doing and you can kind of double down on this is the way that it works for the business mentoring is just by modeling what you do for your own business that somebody will stumble upon it and be like oh she seems to know what she's doing (laughs) how can I find out more about what she's doing and you've got the signpost there in in the bio just to say I do do it so they can lead over to the website and then from there you've got different journeys so I would perhaps set up a second um mailing list so you have one for clients one for business mentoring perhaps with like a different like maybe a good juicy freebie for the business one that's gonna and even if they land on the website and it's kind of like the two journeys are there and they can kind of select I'm a client I'm a therapist and that takes them off and they kind of don't need to see stuff for the other one unless they want to but you can then kind of really drill down so they've got their own mailing list 
Um, perhaps you have like a blog category where you just put things in that category and that's the only category they see, for example. And then you can also look at things like your outreach where perhaps you go onto some more business podcasts or therapist podcasts mm-hmm. if such a thing mm-hmm. exists. <laughs> and that's where you talk about the business mentoring and it doesn't need to be on Instagram. You don't really need to promote it on Instagram because it is its own promotion and have it as its own little, it has its own ecosystem away from Instagram. Yeah, I, I love that idea. I think I've sort of gotten stuck in this Yeah, I love to be very authentic and real and like cohesive in how I present myself um, Mm -hmm. in any given space. And, and so I think I've gotten almost stuck in that mentality of like, well, I just need to do it all everywhere. Yeah. Um, And haven't really identified how simple it would be to actually just create an entirely separate stream and channel, like you said, and and mailing list to specifically for those folks, um, which just makes so much sense and seems like such a obvious and simple (laughs) way to move that forward when you say that. Actually, you know what? A lot of the time I will try and get people to do it all in one place because that Mm. saves time. Yeah, But they just need the things that are just so different that bringing it together is going to, you're going to spend more time and energy like stressing about how to talk about something in a way that appeals to both than just writing two emails. (laughs) And so I think that's the thing. And then then you can get really conscious and about which head you've got on as well because I yeah. think you can you would get to a point where you're starting to hold back on some things because of one target audience but then you that's preventing you from going really deep and really into the closer to the truth in for the other one and it just kind of they're going to start to pull you apart as they need Mm -hmm. different things from you. So while there is an umbrella that keeps it all together so that somebody doesn't come to your website and it's like, well, what the hell is she doing doing both of these two random things? They make sense together, but also the two customers just need to hear different things and they don't need to hear those in the same place. Yes. Yeah, I love that so much. And there's actually, as you're saying all this, I feel a bit of a sense of excitement and relief because I've noticed a desire to create more content that is sort of directly focused on supporting the therapists, right? In that business mentoring world, like um, stories about my business, suggestions for, you know, from things I'm learning. And yet I'm like, well, I have nowhere to share this. Like Mm -hmm. I can't put this on my Instagram. This is irrelevant to most people. Um, And so the idea of having a separate space for that is actually very freeing because it allows me to share that in a way that I know is going to be meaningful um, and and finding the right people rather than just kind of arbitrarily bombarding people who aren't interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, that makes so much sense and it really, really resonates. Yeah, and it, it keeps it, it, it makes you be able to do that deep work where you need to do it, which I think is really lovely because I know that the Instagram is something that you've been doing a lot of work on and you do, you're very kind of creative with what you do there. And it just means you can go even more all in with that without kind mm-hmm. of thinking, oh, about the business side, oh, I should be talking about that. And yeah, it yeah. feels like it's it allows you to be a lot more pinpointed. And so the other thing, the other reason why this works is because I'm assuming here that the business side of things is one-to-one rather than yes, like creating right a course. Yeah. Yeah. So that also helps because you do want, when you're doing things like courses and big one-to-many programs, you 
you need reach and something like social media really helps with that whereas actually with the mentoring when you only really need to make like three to five sales because <laughs> mm-hmm. however much you're charging mm-hmm. like you can be a lot more pinpointed like you only need to go on one podcast and you can make two sales for example yeah. so it's yeah you don't need to be quite so broadcasty with it you can be a lot more laser focused when you've got a very specific type of customer and you're doing one-to-one and you don't need to have hundreds and hundreds of people (laughs) coming through the door. Exactly. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And I think, you know, if anything in the future, the biggest numbers wise thing I would want to do is like a small sort of mastermind type program, Mm -hmm. um, which again would be a handful of folks at any one time. So I don't need huge numbers and huge amounts of traffic. It's more about people who really want a strong relationship with me. And I think, you know, doing that through something more focused, like a blog stream, that's just about this or the email letters makes a lot more sense than Instagram mm-hmm. anyway, because it is more about sort of conversion and relationship building than that, like quick, easy acquisition yeah. type stuff. But yeah, that's, and that's really similar to, to where I've sort of got to with things is that I am not, like, just as a human, I'm not interested in doing what it takes to like turn over a hundred thousand people on a mailing list I just I'm not interested in doing that and also the way that I kind of present things and talk about things is you you kind of have to know and care about me to know and care about what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it the sales come from that place I'm not going to put up an ad and make sales because people are like what are you talking about (laughs) you know yeah Um, Yeah. so even if you're getting to the point where you want to do a mastermind style group that'll come from the mailing list people who want to spend that kind of intensive time with you are they're on the mailing list (laughs) that's where they're going to come from that's great I love that I'm sorry I just had to pause there for a moment because I had a little you know shiver of excitement this feels really aligned I think good good so we kind of talked a lot about the business mentoring side of Mm -hmm. things so what about the the one-to-many and kind of making building that up as kind of bringing the one-to-one down a little bit and how are you feeling about that piece yeah so this is in progress I would say I previously when I was sort of really focused on private practice I was seeing 12 to 15 one-to-one clients a week and that was kind of the bulk of what I did plus content creation on the side and as I've mentioned before, that felt feels like too much. And I'd love to really scale back to just seeing a handful somewhere in the range of, you know, my, my dream is like maybe three to five clients, like kind mm-hmm. of one day of clients a week mm-hmm. and the rest being one to many or these other offerings. So, you know, I'm kind of partway through doing that. I've scaled back considerably, but I have a a little bit of a tendency to get distracted by shiny objects. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, a couple of months ago got really focused on scaling back my client load. So I would have more space and I've done that, but I've also, you know, gone and accepted, um, a single term for now anyways, teaching position with a university here for a, a, a fourth year undergrad, um, sort of mess. It's like the prerequisite course for the master's in counseling, which I love teaching. And so I just couldn't turn it down, but now I'm like, great, I've done this thing again, where I really (laughs) wanted to focus on building my courses. And I mean, this is so fun for me. It is like, it is a one-to-many course. It's just obviously a different model of, um, sort of receiving paying compensation for it. Um, but 
Yeah. So, so it's very much in progress. I struggle to totally commit because of some of the fears I have around, uh, finances in particular. And it's so, you know, I have a wait list of clients. It's so easy for me to fill up my therapy sessions and it's, you know, fairly lucrative. Um, but I've been, you know, holding firm, I guess, with some of those boundaries and I do have, have, I'm going to be launching my online anxiety course, the work of healing anxiety again in September to start in October. And I have this sort of idea for this membership I'd like to start in the new year, but I'm having a hard time basically holding enough space for me to feel like I can really give those things my attention and really give them the creation time and energy that they need. Mm. So is it a kind of a fear that it's not going to work out the way that you want it to financially and just like generally and then you're kind of putting things in place that means that you can stop yourself from working on it and kind of stop yourself trying if you like so you don't have to fail yeah I mean I'm sure that's all there to a certain extent I would say some of that is fairly subconscious still at this Mm -hmm, point mm -hmm. because I do you know I I ran the work of healing anxiety back in April and for my first time running an online course I would say it was very successful. I feel really good about the numbers and the quality of what I offered. I've got some amazing testimonials. The participants loved it. So I'm excited to offer it again. And I feel good about how that will turn out. Um, But I definitely have this tendency, I think, to certainly take on a little more than I need to at any one time or even necessarily can can handle. Um, And I really want to you know, the intention of carving back clients was to give myself more space to really focus on building up my courses and other offerings of that nature. And I think I have this tendency to, yeah, see whatever's kind of in front of me as being the most important thing, whether it's, you know, teaching this class at the university or having clients sitting on my wait list that I could, you know, very easily take, oh, I could take a couple more on, right? That's only a couple hours a week. Um, and I tend to to prioritize that or see that as of more value than the long game, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of trepidation about playing the long game and not making as much income now for a couple of months in order to invest the time to hopefully make more in three months. I don't, I don't feel like I built up the trust entirely in myself and my business that that works. So it's hard for me to make that shift. Mm. I see, but what's so interesting to me is that you've got, this safety net you've got a wait list that you can dip into if and when you need to and like that's not going anywhere really Mm -hmm. is it (laughs) in the next three months so I feel like you're yeah you're you're kind of before you're even getting to the cliff edge you're not getting to the edge of the cliff and then running back around you're just like getting halfway to the cliff edge and then be like oh no it's too scary (laughs) and going back to the wait list whereas actually the wait list is like that's a that's just there as your safety net and you can jump off the cliff at it and it will still be there even if the other net doesn't materialize right so it's it's kind of like a it's interesting that and perhaps because the safety net exists that's the reason you're not quite getting to the cliff edge because it's you know that it's there and the second that you feel a bit fearful you can get yourself that little boost of yeah oh it's fine I've got somebody's booked me in that I can just I don't have to worry about it yeah Oh, I'm just like nodding my head vigorously over here because that's <laughs> so true. I'm I've seen the cliff and I'm like, you've nailed it, Kate. Um, I 
Yes. I, even last night I was lying there kind of half of me. I started getting anxious about, um, marketing my course. Cause I sort of, I'm going to be launching this sort of sales period for it in the next couple of weeks. And I have a lot of prep to do for that. And, and sales is probably the piece of my business in terms of the actually implementing that I struggle with the most. I mean, it's fine. I, I, I feel like I can do a good job of it. It's just yeah, it's just less not nice. For me, <laughs> yeah, guess. yeah. Um, but so I've I've been procrastinating with that a little. Not going to lie, but I was so I was lying there in bed last night, worried about oh I don't know if, like I I need some time to really you know put together a marketing plan and figure out kind of what what all the different ways I want to sell this are and talk about it. I haven't done that yet, and then I immediately instead of the sort of end result of that being like okay I need some time I'm going to carve out some time for that over the next month. I like start thinking about my wait list and how, oh, well, I have another hour opened up this week. You know, I could, I could maybe bring someone in off my wait list. And that like immediately feels calming and soothing because it's like this, like you said, kind of um, instant gratification piece, right? But what I really need is to give myself the space and time to work on the big picture. And yet I, I always just go back to what's safe and run away from mm-hmm. the cliff edge before I even get there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, yeah, it would be. It's and I think it's it's fine to use that wait list as the kind of the soothing. It's going to be fine, but not to act upon it. You know, like it's yeah, going to exactly. be fine if all goes if everything you know doesn't work. I've still got this, and let that be the soothing rather than yeah. I've got this and I can fit them in next week. Like that's. <laughs> Exactly. It It needs to be, you know, I'm going to give it everything I have to sell this course over the next month. And then if for some reason the numbers don't work out in the way that I hoped, then I can open up, you know, and invite some of those people off the wait list. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got that all backwards. Yeah. (laughs) And, And I think as well to use it as a reason to be excited about the one to money stuff, because that having that wait list takes the pressure away from it. Yeah. Because you don't like you want to have the course kind of take up that space financially, but it's not a a have to desperate need, right? So it's just like, let that wait list be like, okay, that wait list is going to be there in three months to save me. But you know what? In the meantime, I'm just going to have the most fun getting really creative with selling and promoting this and just talking to people about it because like, it kind of doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I really appreciate hearing that. That, that feels really good to just reframe how I've been approaching that and think about it that way and allow myself, you know, I don't think I allow myself the opportunity to get excited Mm -hmm. enough. You know, I've kind of lost some of that magic in my business, I guess. When I first started on Instagram, it was really exciting. I was, um, it was fun and it was playful. And I think as business has become, or as my business has become a full-time venture for me, which I'm so grateful for, it has sometimes, not always, but sometimes felt more like work and business Mm -hmm. than it necessarily needs to. And I think a lot of that is, is my approach and my mindset more than anything. Yeah. Um, It's like, it has to feel hard if I'm going to make it work. And it, it really doesn't all of the time. Yeah. Because otherwise what's the point? (laughs) Yeah. And I, I say to people who are at that starting out point where they're just like getting everything together and just starting to take the first tiptoes into making it visible that's always the point where they're really impatient 
to be like where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say, just enjoy that because you'll never get that back. That moment where like you can do anything and it doesn't matter because nobody's going to see. And now you're at the point where you've got something to lose. Yeah. And so you bring that kind of tense shoulder energy to it because it's like, oh, well, I could put something out on Instagram and it could really flop and then people would see. <laughs> and, the, and, and But you are allowed to still have fun with this. <laughs> and it has to be able to be fun for you because people are going to feel that energy around it. And I, I get like, with what you talk about, like fun might not be the energy to bring to a course about anxiety, but that kind of very centered, relaxed sort of authority feel is what mm-hmm. you want to be mm-hmm. conveying. You don't want to be bringing anxiety to your course about anxiety, right? Yeah, I certainly don't want to bring my my worries about my business into the anxiety course. And I think it is really fun for me. That's the thing is like when I actually kind of pull back the layers and let myself have this space and this kind of a conversation with you about it, I'm able to reflect and see like, actually the business I've built is, is really fun and exciting. And it's like, if I two years ago thought of myself being here now, I would have been thrilled, you mm-hmm. know? And yet when we're in it, you know, it can feel, I think we can, or at least I can, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but I, I can let it lose that sense of magic. And I, I'm just, this is making me think about how I can sort of more intentionally cultivate that on a daily mm. basis. Like those reminders of like, this is actually what I want to be doing. How amazing that I get to do what I want to do. And it can be hard sometimes, right. Or frustrating yeah. or difficult or scary or any of these things, but it can also still be really amazing and cool and fun and light. And I, I lose sight of that sometimes, even while at the same time, I'm, you know, talking to other therapists about creating a business and lifestyle that they love. Sometimes I, I miss that within myself. Mm. Oh yeah, it's so easy to say, <laughs> not so easy to do for yourself. So uh, I want to just, because you said there about being so in it, do you feel kind of just gut feel first impression that you spend way more time like in the the weeds and the mud and in the trenches of your business than you do over the top of it? This is something I've been really actively trying to attend to and shift recently, um, in part actually because of your offerings in the trail, they've been really helpful. Um, I certainly until um, a month or two ago was 99% an employee and 1% Mm -hmm. a CEO Mm -hmm. in terms of how I allocated my time. And I've really recognized recently how stressful in some ways that can be because I never feel like I have a bird's eye view on my own business. And I never, I was starting to feel like everything was an obligation and I wasn't in the driver's seat anymore. And so I've really intentionally in, in about the last month started with one hour a week of quote unquote, like CEO time, but I'm expanding that, that, you know, Thursday afternoons now are just for Mm. me to like the big picture, you know, whether it's learning something new, using some of sort of the amazing resources you offer in the trail or, um, just, you know, doing some planning, thinking about the direction of my business. I'm trying to dedicate like a solid couple hours every week now to just like the big picture. And that's feeling definitely like a work in progress, um, Mm -hmm. but really soothing and -hmm. helpful. Yeah, because I I think that's the thing is that you can get so in the the obligation that you say and and all the stuff that needs to be done that, and when you're you're so close to that to-do list like that, you think 
it's not fun you know it's not it's difficult to get excited about all the things you have to do whereas when you can actually take a step out of it and look at why you've got to do those things and reconnect to that big picture and that that why and where you're trying to get to with it that can help to kind of stimulate the motivation and it's it's more carrot than stick I think and and we seem to do this as when we work for ourselves whereas if we had a boss that just like never gave us any positive reinforcement or anything like that we'd be so miserable and looking for another job but for some reason when we work for ourselves we're like no you have to work harder you have to get all this Mm -hmm. stuff done whereas actually looking at right where am I why am I doing this again oh yes I remember okay I'm excited to get on and do that task I've been putting off because I know that's going to unlock the next phase of where I want to get to yeah. Yeah. It's so important. I think I, one, one piece of that I could be doing a better job of is really tuning into that excitement because even in those, you know, couple hours a week that I spend trying to sort of big picture plan it, it is still, it's, it's not as fun and as light as it could be, you know, and there are definitely moments where I get really excited, but I think even just trying to return to a practice of reminding myself, what I'm excited about, like actually actively mm-hmm. sitting down and being like, what am I looking forward to right now in my business? Because I don't, I just kind of assume that I'm aware of that, but I don't think I am aware of it as much as I could be. And I think that's going to take like intentionally kind of holding my hand and sitting myself down and going, remember, like, yeah. remember yeah. how you're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I do that too. Like it's, there sometimes things feel like a slog and you have to be I turn my head around. So for example, if I'm one of the main reasons I even started my business in the first place was to be able to write. And one of my big reasons for for pivoting the business this year has been to make more space to write. Sometimes I don't want to write anything, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea of sitting down to write a big piece of like a big piece of a course or something like that just feels like the last thing I want to do. So the night before I'm like, telling myself tomorrow you get to do the thing that you mm-hmm. wanted to do like how exciting how great that this is what you want to do and, and these ideas you've got they're so good <laughs> and like they're going to be really valuable and this is something you can do and I just kind of like g myself up and give myself a yeah. talk the night before so I can wake up already looking forward to it rather than waking up being like right I've got to motivate myself to do this thing um so getting into that practice of yeah just reminding yourself you wanted to do this remember let's reconnect Mm -hmm. with why we wanted to do this and yeah just kind of create the excitement and the 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 joyfulness of it and you know sometimes you need to give yourself a little treat like I'm gonna order pizza on Friday because (laughs) I um, if I get this big piece of course done and then let that that be a bit of motivation as well but it's just kind of allowing there to be joy within it all and let that and just kind of yeah allow that surrender that and be like oh I'm getting work done and I'm feeling happy and that's that's okay and I do think that that there is a a greater kind of societal issue around how work should feel but it starts with us right yeah, it certainly does. And yeah, I love that idea. It resonates with me too, with the writing piece, because I also love to write and I was so excited about having more space to write. And yet there are times like lately I've been like, I can't blog anymore. I just need a break from writing that much stuff. And I wonder how much of it 
is, is because of the approach that I take rather than actually the task itself being the issue, but just how I'm approaching it as seeing it as work or a slog or like something I have to do rather than something I'm wanting or choosing or was craving. And now how lucky that I get to do that as part of my work. So yeah, I love your idea of just really amping yourself up the night before, um, and I definitely hear you on sort of headbutting against the societal stories and, <laughs> and norms around this. It's mm. certainly come up a lot for me around how work should feel, like you said, and um, how hard I should work in order to be successful or what that looks like. And it's certainly an ongoing journey of like unraveling all of those stories from society, from my family of origin. It's yeah, it's a lot. Mm. It's a lot. Mm. Which is another reason to because I think this could happen, to not let not feeling joyful every second be a reason why you think you're failing as well. Because we, yeah. we can turn it into that, right? Like go with the, the intention to feel more excitement about it. And then when you're like, I'm not feeling excited. Oh my God, I've not done it right. Like it shouldn't become another stick to beat yourself with. Um, and just to kind of, yeah, I think that time that you're spending outside of it all and just above it all is a good time to for you to to reconnect with things and like that's a that's time that I I really treasure as well and for doing my kind of monthly check-ins and stuff like that just as a kind of oh yeah we're going somewhere and we're doing this thing and um it's all it's all good okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's so important and I I've definitely skimmed over that piece um, over the past couple of years. And I think it, it is really important for me to reconnect with that a little bit more. And to be fair, I think that is also just kind of symptomatic of early years of business. Mm-hmm. Like those of people I've spoken to, like people who now, you know, <laughs> barely work at all in a lot of ways and just do very little, just have really refined it down. Everybody starts out the first few years just like hammering, hammering, hammering because we yeah. don't know any better, but also because... We want this thing. We need to make this thing work. And then you're at this stage now where everything is working and it's a a shift in your expectation for the business. So for, for me, it was very much, you know, I was stuck in that early year mindset of I've just got to make this work. I've got to make the money. I've got to just it's just got to work and survive. And I stayed in that for longer than I needed to because I could have graduated to, okay, it is working. Now, how can I make this more comfortable? And you just get into that hammering mindset and you don't get out of it. Whereas eventually you get to a point where you're like, oh my God, I literally can't do this anymore. Yes. Yes. That's so real. Yeah. I'm like hundred percent. Yes. Um, yeah. I feel like I've been in this kind of the hammering mindset for the past couple of years. And now I'm like, this is, this is how I've achieved success. So I need to stay there. Mm, right. And it's mm. like scary to recognize that I'm at this point where I can do things a little bit differently. And I am like, I'm trying, I'm like taking more space and working less hours and doing all the things I want to do. And yet it's like, I still have to hold on to the hammering because it keeps me safe somehow. And it's like my security blanket. But in many ways, I think you're right. I think I, I am at that point where I can start to let go of some of that. And it's really just my my own way of perceiving the situation that's keeping me stuck more than the reality at mm. this point. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. that that's mm. that's a harder thing to move away from than the reality. And I think yeah. it's it's one of those things you've just gotta do little tiny tests 
of mm. like, okay, I took Friday afternoon off and everything was fine. Interesting. Totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and start to to use that. And I think the fact that you, like you said, it was a, like a month ago, you, you took an hour and that was like really stressful to take an hour to, and now it's already a whole afternoon. Like, yeah, it's it's happening. It's just happening quite slowly. So you've perhaps not noticed or appreciated it as much, but I think so. Yeah, this is the, that's the way it goes. I think there's not like this, and this is the thing. Everybody wants the moment where we've made it, and we're like, oh, now I feel absolutely fine. <laughs> but it just doesn't happen like that. There's not like a, a yeah. eureka moment. There's just lots of little moments where you finally get to a point where you're like, oh, interesting. I've done four hours of work today and I feel all right about it you know yeah I definitely feel that like that holding out for the the moment when suddenly I'm just magically confident and good and secure in my business and I can just make this amazing mindset shift and be like (laughs) at ease you know and I know I've heard everyone in business talk about that doesn't actually happen but it's still like this this idyllic vision and and you're right it's it it's happening in the small moments. Yep. I need to recognize those as just like microcosms of that bigger feeling that I'm craving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the the big picture is lots of every days. Like there's yeah. you, when you when you dream about that that moment, it's it's not on a day a certain day or time, right? It's just like a feeling for your whole life for a whole your whole working week. And so you can start that tomorrow by, you know, some doing something for five minutes that just feels the way that that moment, that m- imagined moment feels. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. So I feel like we got a little bit off the plan for the pivot, <laughs> but I think to be honest, the the issue isn't you not knowing what to do. The issue is you jumping off the edge of the cliff. Yeah, it certainly is. the stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I do, for the most part, have a plan. I know what I want to do. It's much more about trusting myself and getting out of my own way, really. Mm -hmm. And I I think that this this is the thing is just for you that that little mindset shift around the wait list, that the the wait list is there as a reason to go and do these things not as a reason not to go and do these things yeah um and yeah getting getting excited about doing the course and starting to put the membership together and the fact is we're recording now in august and the membership you're planning for the new year right so you could do an hour a week if that exactly yeah on that membership and it'll be ready in time and the more you start it the more it just needs that little bit of momentum to start and then because at the moment yeah it's this disconnect from like where you are to this membership that exists and it's like where's the bridge between the two if you just start putting plank by plank that bridge together you can it will start to feel more real and more doable and less like this big financial uncertainty yeah yeah that's so true and that I mean you're the this sort of reframe around the wait list for me is just like mindfulness. <laughs> obviously that's um that's there for that reason but you're right I've anytime something comes up I'm like oh I have to take it now because I could lose it and it's like no it's it's gonna be there in yeah. three months so why don't I use that as an invitation that I have the space to create what I actually want to create and then it'll be there if I need it mm-hmm. um that's so that's such a helpful way of of thinking of that so thank you good 
Good. No, I think it's all good. And I think as well, bringing the business mentoring back into it for a second as well, that that will also help because you, you'll be having the conversations with the the mentees that you kind of need to be having with yourself. And I, know, I mean, right? this happens for me as well. I swear I say it on this podcast sometimes where it's like, huh, maybe I should do that <laughs> when things yeah. come out of your own mouth. So um yeah, I think it, it's all building towards the same place. And as well with the business mentoring, like if you're booking a client and that's quite a substantial sum of money, that will also help to kind of ease that feeling of, okay, well, maybe I can work on my membership on Friday because I've definitely got this coming in. So they'll all, yeah. they'll work together quite nicely, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm excited. You've like reinvigorated yeah. these little <laughs> fires that were always there, but they just needed a little a little extra love and care. So yeah. I appreciate that so much. No, I'm glad. And I think it, it's that it's that energy piece of just like approach it with how you want people to feel when you talk about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like don't go into it like all stressed and anxious about it. Just like go into it with the the centered calmness that you want people to feel because they'll kind of feel that as well totally yeah so we have our final question which Mm -hmm. is how do you grow a soul in your work and life you know it's funny I'm like oh maybe my answer to this is a little different now but I think I think I I grow with soul by being brave I guess you know even reflecting on our conversation and on the last couple years of building my business courage has really been at the heart of everything I've done and continues to need to be, you know, courage and and a willingness to trust in myself. It took a lot of courage for me to let go of the financial security of a nine to five. And it takes courage every time I decide to like walk up to that cliff edge we've been talking about and actually just take the leap. So I think bravery and courage is how I grow, um, with soul and the courage to do what is most supportive for me, even if it feels radically different from what I've been told I should do or what Mm. success or business should look like. I think that holding space for that courage is what really allows me to build a business that's most in alignment with who I am and what I desire. And I need to always be willing to return to and trust that I can handle doing the hard thing and being brave as long as I know it's like what's right Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get a post-it note, right? Brave on it and stick it on your computer I or something. So. <laughs> yeah. I used to actually have have that and a couple other words that were really central to me written up in my office. And I don't it's we've moved recently, so it's disappeared. Mm. But I think I might need to to, you know, pull some of those reminders out of the boxes yeah. and, and put them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Kelsey, where can people come and find you and connect with you and find out more about what you do? Yeah. Um, the best place to find me is on Instagram. I'm at Kelsey Mech, K-E-L-S-E-Y-M-E-C-H. Or you can hop over to my website, which is KelseyMech.com, where you can find a sign up for my email letter, information about this, these upcoming courses and maybe membership program soon <laughs> um, <laughs> and anything else you might want to know about working with me. And there might be a nif- different email list if you are a therapist interested in business mentoring. Depending on when this airs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you might have a choice of two. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. This has been so mm, juicy and nourishing and supportive. I really appreciate your guidance here and and always. 
Any links we mentioned in this episode will be on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and Kelsey on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she is at Kelsey Mech and Mech is spelt M-E-C-H. As always, if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too. Until next time, I hope you grow a soul.